privilege to come again this year and uh, greet you and also say thank you. Thank you for being planted in the local church. Thank you for letting God love you in this place. Thank you for loving one another in this place. And thank you for giving uh, to the local church. Not only are you influencing your local world, but you're influencing the world at large. And I lead a, a mission organization. My wife Heidi and I founded almost 40 years ago called Mutual Faith Ministries. And uh, you all have helped us so much, even this past year. So again, thank you for giving uh, to the local church. God has been so faithful and so good all over the world. You know, the world's under a lot of stress and duress. Have you noticed? Uh, things are broken everywhere in America. Things are broken. Where I work in the Middle East, in Lebanon, things are broken. Where we work in West Africa, things are broken everywhere. There's pressure, pain, and problem. That's why the announcement of the redemptive news of Jesus is so important uh, for everyone everywhere. God's love is so rich and so real and can settle in and saturate our lives in such a powerful way. I like to say it this way, God loves you completely, completely. And this is the gospel of what God has done in Christ for everyone, reconciling the world to himself. And so we're honored to be here. I brought a little video just to highlight what's happened in this last 12 months since I was last here. So let's take a moment and let's see this little video. In all of the world's chaos, confusion, and complications, Mutual Faith Ministries continues its assignments to share the love of the Father by imparting to people charisma, God's unmerited love, favor, and ability. And the results? People are strengthened, encouraged, and established in God's worldview of them and His worldview of others too. The fruitfulness of our missions ministry has been astounding. Even during the hardships of COVID, people are gathering in Christ. In Lebanon, at our Middle East Life Center, hundreds of Muslims, both Syrian refugees and others, have come to the Lord. In addition to training these people in the gospel, we still host scores of kids daily at the on-campus Springs of Life School for disadvantaged children. This opens a huge door of opportunity to these kids' parents and extended families. And many ministry events testify to the openness and reception the gospel has into their hearts. At the Mutual Faith Campus in the Philippines, we continue to train and bless over 20 super kids at our life home with education and loving care. The campus is flourishing with events in our sanctuary, the pavilion, broadcasting studios, and are soon to be completed the retreat at Victory Lane. This facility will host younger and older leaders from the surrounding villages for ministerial encouragement and training. Through all the challenges that our world experiences, our priority is still preaching the love of God in Christ at our evangelistic outreaches, the Life Leadership Institute, and all the other retreats, conferences, and preaching assignments. So everyone everywhere can know and believe that God loves them completely. They too have an invitation to gather in Christ and find real life. Thanks for your friendship and partnership in missions ministry. Praise the Lord. So again, thank you very much. This is just some of the picture stories of the lives and hearts of so many beautiful people being transformed. And again, thank you for being faithful to your local church 
and for your kindness because your love and faith is uh, spoken abroad and demonstrated as well. So God is so good. You know, uh, in all these places and spaces that we're working, it's, uh, it's overwhelmingly complicated. A lot of these areas are very Muslim-dominated areas, even in the Philippines where we are. And uh, we're building now what we call the retreat at Victory Lane. In fact, I have a couple little pictures that have just uh, recently. Do we have those pictures by any chance? This, by the way, is in Beirut, Lebanon. We don't have any power in the country. And we have to hire it sometimes two hours at a... At a at a block, you know, and, and so we're trying to get our own power sources. So we're harnessing the sun, as you can see. This is a $52,000 project, not just with the solar panels, but all the battery packs. So we keep the power on the campus. And uh, we have a gigantic generator, a massive thing, but we can't find diesel in the country. And when you can find it, you can't afford it. It's just unbelievably difficult. So we're thankful for that. This is our new retreat at Victory Lane. This is in the Philippines. It's actually more uh, completed now than this. This is a couple weeks old. Last night, I was going to have a meal with your pastors and I got a text from our team leader. They've got tiles down. I've got photos, some beautiful updates. But we want to train and equip young leaders in the gospel. And all these uh, village uh, uh, leaders we bring to our campus and train them and equip them. So your mission money, when you uh, provide it to us, uh, are for projects like this. And we just want to say thank you very, very much. But what I'd like to do this morning, besides letting you know how much we love and appreciate you, I want to plant something deep in your spirit. It's going to make your heart happy. And it's so thrilling. It's so exciting. I think the simplicity of Christ is so powerful. And many times we miss it. We make things too difficult. We work too hard trying when it's really a done deal. The finished work is a finished work. And all you and I Uh, have to do is have the privilege of beholding the Lamb of God and and nodding, tilting our head and opening our heart and swallowing the truth that God loves us completely, that we've been reconciled to God. And it's a wonderful, powerful, beautiful thing. So this morning, for a few moments, I want to teach you a subject I'm calling an invitation to everything you ever wanted. An invitation to everything you ever wanted. Most of us know uh, the power of access. You know, there's certain things you can't get into without an invitation, without a ticket, without an access point, whether it's a wedding or a concert or a sporting event or whatever it is, a political event. You need access, you need an invitation. I want to talk to you about an invitation to everything you ever wanted. You know, we all have different wants. We all have different wants for our family life, for our physical life, for our financial life, for our kids. We have different wants or desires for our grandkids, for our church, for our nation. We all want different things. I want to show you how you can plant yourself in a place where you can receive an invitation to everything you've ever wanted. And it's all found in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a story in the the Gospels, found in a couple of the Gospels, about Jesus was in a house. He was having a house meeting. And the place was packed with people. Everybody that came to Jesus' meetings wasn't there to receive. 
Some people were there to catch him in his words. Some people were there to criticize him. You've got to come with a heart of receptivity if you want what he has to grant you. So Jesus, it says, he was preaching the word. You know, the living word was releasing a a spoken word. There's something about an announcement. There's something about a decree. It says Jesus was in the house, the place was full, and he was preaching the word to them. And then the story says that uh, the roof opened. The people tore an opening in the roof, and a man was let down on a stretcher who was paralyzed. He was a paralytic. Now everybody in that room knew what the guy wanted. Some of our wants are very visible. Some of our wants are very hidden. They're secretive. Sometimes we have secret addictions. We have secret issues. We wish we were free from certain things. But this guy's, what he wanted was visible. He was paralyzed. Sometimes in our lives, we feel paralyzed, don't we? We feel paralyzed. We don't know how to talk to our spouse about certain things. We don't know how to talk to our kids about certain things. We don't know how to work socially among certain personality types that we need to. We, 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 we're paralyzed financially. We're upside down and we don't know how to fix it. So all of us understand to a degree what it's like to be paralyzed and knowing that we want to be fixed. We want to be healed. Jesus, the living word, was preaching the word and this paralyzed man is led down before him and it says Jesus saw their faith. You know, faith is a visible thing. It's a discernible commodity. But when you're beholding Jesus, who's full of grace, he can see you full of faith. When you just, you know, faith never has to be viewed as a deficit. You never need to believe you don't have enough. All you need to do to, to get loaded, to get filled up, is behold the Lamb of God. And recognize that he has come with everything redemptively that you'll ever need. So in the story, the living word is preaching word. The place is full. The roof is torn open. The man is let down paralyzed. And Jesus says something. Look at the Bible says in Matthew 9 verse 2. It says, then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer. You know, when you take time to behold Jesus, you're going to find something that fixes your emotions. You're going to find something that fixes that depression, that frustration that you carry day in and day out. When you behold Jesus, full of faith, you can be of good cheer. He's working on your behalf. He's covering every need that you have. So Jesus said, be of good cheer. Your sins be forgiven you. Now wait a minute. Everybody knows what he wanted. He wanted to be healed. Jesus, he's a paralytic. Why do you have to complicate the environment with a different kind of a decree that's not really what he wanted? 
Jesus made a declaration, which is simply what the gospel is. It's a declaration of the finished work of Jesus. That's the good news. Son, Jesus counted him as family. Your sins be forgiven you. Now think with me. This man never asked for his sins to be forgiven. This man never repented of his sins, the way we understand repentance in terms of telling God your sins. He didn't confess his sins. Yet Jesus gave him an announcement. Now here's what I believe. I believe sometimes Jesus wants to give you what you need before he grants you what you want. Jesus wants to give you what you need so you're positioned to gain what you want. And what Jesus wants for you, what he wants for me, what he wants for everyone everywhere is to be established in the revelation that they're righteous in Christ. And that their sins have been forgiven. Past, present, once and for all. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he, he died for all the sin of the world. For all. You know, you and I weren't even around when he died. Yet he died for our sins. They were future sins. And this is what's so amazing to me. In the announcement of this declaration, your sins be forgiven. Do you, you know what happened? Everybody didn't applaud and say, glory. What good news? You know, it made people mad. You know, the good news <laughs> makes people a little, a little frustrated. You know why? Because we always want our own skin in the game. We always want to be in the equation. We always want to pat ourselves. You know, we sang the beautiful worship song about all the praise and worthiness and glory goes to the Lamb of God, Jesus. But the people got a little frustrated. And look at it, it says in verse 5, Matthew 9, verse 5. Jesus said, after everybody's angry and frustrated and mad that he announced, your sins be forgiven, Jesus said, what's easier? Do you know, your problem and my problem, your paralyzed point and my paralyzed point is not a big deal to God. We make it big in our heads. We make it overwhelming like it's never fixable. It's not a big deal to God. Jesus said, what's easier? To say, to announce, your sins be forgiven you. Or to say, or to announce, Rise up, take up your bed and walk. The next verse, verse 6, but that you may know. But that you may know. That you may have a revelation knowledge that the Son of Man, Jesus the Christ, has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralyzed man, Arise, take up your bed and go to your house. You know, the, the guy got what he wanted, but first he had to be established in what Jesus believed he needed. God wants to give you what you need so you have faith to receive what you want. You know, I really believe there's a lot of people who really love the Lord deeply. They're devoted to the Lord, but they live constantly with a revelation of their own frailty in humanity, in failures. They have sin consciousness on their mind. They never think they're good enough. 
They live with condemnation. They really don't think they're forgiven. Jesus wants you and I to rest in his work, not our work. His life, not our sufficiency. Our sins have been forgiven. Operate now in faith and receive what you want. An invitation to everything you ever wanted is rooted and founded and grounded in the reality of what Jesus has done for you. John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 32, talks about it this way. Jesus said, and I... If I'm lifted up from the earth, speaking of the cross, I will draw all people, some people translate that as all judgment, unto himself. But I like the idea that Jesus is drawing people. Every circumstance of life that's filled with heartache and pain and pressure and even paralyzed states, he's drawing us to himself so he can give us what we need. So he can grant us what we want. But what you need is more important than what you want. What you need is the revelation that you're the righteousness of God in Christ. God poured my sin into Jesus. Put righteousness where sin had been. Old David Engel song. Now there's no condemnation to this new creation. I am made righteous, and I ought to go on a solo singing tour. Hallelujah. No, it's, it's the idea of always, I sing simple little songs constantly, reminding myself of the revelation of redemption. You say, Keith, why do you do that? You're a preacher. You got works all over the world. Why do you need to do that? Because the devil has a heyday with everyone everywhere trying to minimize the beauty of what Jesus has done. And he'll paralyze your life. He'll keep you in paralyzed thoughts if you don't take the invitation to everything you ever wanted, which is beholding Jesus and receiving the revelation of what he has done. So Jesus said when he's lifted up, he's going to draw everybody unto him Look at it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, to the praise of the glory of his grace, his unmerited favor, his sufficiency, his ability. And it's all unmerited, by the way. You got no skin in the game. Get comfortable with the view of you in Christ alone. And by which he made us, notice. He made us accepted in the beloved. He did it all from start to finish. In the beloved. By the way, if you like this little teaching today, I, I came bearing gifts. I've got some books back there. One is called Beloved or Be Loved. This is what I've been teaching people the last decade or so. How to be loved. Most people work all their Christian life trying to love God. I teach people how to be loved by God. Because when you know you're loved by the Father, your love for Jesus is reciprocal. It's, it's effortless. It's not a thought. It's not, it's, not, it's not an attempt. Every day when you know you're accepted in the beloved, based on what Jesus has done, everything about your life can be changed. By the way, that book's back there. They're all free, by the way. A little book about our ministry uh, called You Got the Whole World in Your Hands. Another book, Overcoming 
the storms of life. And if we run out, I'll send the church more for everybody, okay? Praise the Lord. There's, there's quite a few there, though. So praise the Lord forever. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Look at the next verse, verse 7, Ephesians 1. In him, in Jesus, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to our confession of our sins. According to our repentance from our sins. No, we have forgiveness according to the riches of his grace. So when Jesus makes the announcement, your sins be forgiven you. Were they forgiven? Were they forgiven? See, I believe they were. I believe Jesus announces the news of our reconciliation in Christ and suddenly everything shifts. And you understand the beauty of the love of the Father. And of course you make changes. You make adjustments. You, you, you know, I had a pastor for many years. He would always talk about repentance. You know, the word repentance in the Old Testament, the word in the Hebrew implies you, you change your direction. And I have a pastor, he'd always talk about repentance. You, you go another way. And that's true. That's true. With repentance, you go another way. But in the New Testament, Repentance in the Greek language is the word metanoia. And it means a change of your mind. A change of your thinking. I found in my life to go a different direction, I've got to change what I think before I can change what I do. So I'm real big on getting people to hear the gospel, hear the gospel, and change the way they think. And in time, you're going you're gonna to turn the ship. You're going to go a different direction. Repentance will, will, will make you shift and live different and do different. But, but don't knock yourself out of the game based on anything. Stay in the word and let Jesus speak over you. Your sins have been forgiven you. And when you are established in what he believes you need, he will grant you what you want. This is so powerful to me. But the forgiveness of sins is according to the riches of his grace. A few verses later, three or four verses later, verse 10, Ephesians 1, verse 10. Here's what the Bible says. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather, everybody say gather. He might gather in one all things that are in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. See, the ministry of Jesus is to gather you in him. Let me show you what I mean. Go with me in the Bible. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Matthew 23, verse 37. This is where Jesus is preaching, you know, and he's preaching to all these people who are pretty feisty. You know, these people are big shots. He preaches pretty strong in this chapter if you take time to read it. You know, all these self-sufficient, haughty, arrogant, prideful, religious people, of course. Self-righteousness. And uh, so he's preaching to all of them in their arrogance and self-sufficiency and hypocrisy and forms of religion, their brokenness, their paralyzed states. Jesus said, you say one thing, but you do another. <laughs> None of us would do that, would we? They, they load people up with burdens. None of us would do that, would we? No, we, we're merciful and kind. It said they, they like the approval of men. They like to be validated by everybody in, their, in, their, in the world, so to speak. They love the best seats, and they like to be greeted and noticed. Got to be all about us, right? We like our followers. We like to be liked. 
Huh? That's why on our social medias, we like to be liked. Yeah. Jesus said, you're blind. And you don't know it. You don't recognize it. And you don't see it. So you know what Jesus' solution to all their paralyzed state is? One thing. This verse. Jerusalem, O oh Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. Here's the phrase I want to talk about. How often? How often I wanted to gather you. Everybody say gather. How often I wanted to gather you and your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you're not willing. See, the heart of the Father is to make announcements of his redemptive love where people respond. But most people aren't willing. Most people, if they don't get what they want, they're mad. What Jesus wants you to do in your point of pain and even in your point of perilous is just to be established in one thing. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. When you're established in righteousness, when you're established in the revelation of redemption, God's going to start making a way. God's going to start organizing the things. God's going to start breaking down the barriers of hell that have raised up against you. And your paralyzed points, you're going to find are just disappeared. You know, there's been things in my life that I tried to fix. You know what I've learned all these years? I've been in full-time ministry since September 1979. That's 40, how many years is that? 43 years. And I do missions. I don't have a local church, never been pastor of a local church. I'm in the nations of the world. And uh, there's been a lot of things I've tried to fix. I've tried to fix people. I've tried to fix my wife. I've tried to fix me. I've tried to fix my kids, my grandkids, other people in the ministry. You know what I've learned in 43 years? I can't fix nothing. I can't even fix me. You know what I've learned? I've learned to take the invitation to gather in Christ and to be willing. Do you notice in this verse that Jesus doesn't make it a, uh, what's the word? He doesn't make it a demand. He doesn't enforce it where, he, he, he gives you freedom. He says, but you would not. He doesn't mandate it. That's the word I wanted. You know, we live in a world where everything's mandated, right? Big government, big business, big whatever, mandates things. And either you comply to mandates or you're out. Whatever it is. They may, the kingdom's not that way. The kingdom does not mandate it. It's an invitation. When you hear the announcement, you can either believe it and walk in the revelation of it and be transformed by changing your thinking and change the way you're living, the way you're going and what you're doing. That's the process. But you have a chance to receive and believe. This is what I love about announcing the news in the nations. Like you saw in the video about our, comp our uh, life center in Beirut, Lebanon. And it's a massive place. And uh, it's all Muslim people in there that you saw. Muslim people that are now born again people. And still wear the Muslim. <laughs> They're trying to figure out either culture. <laughs> How do I do this? It's tough. It's beautiful. We have over 300 
being trained right now in our Bible school. Muslims, Syrians, refugees. Everything else is falling apart except the folk, the people. Why? Because they're finding their place in Christ. They're running into Jesus. Just like the chicks run into Mama Hen. And, you know, that was the imagery Jesus used to show life in Christ. You run into the Mama Hen and the wings drop, and your worldview is through the lens of Jesus. You know, that's why in life you cannot know anyone according to the flesh. Not even Christ. The biggest detriment to your spiritual life is to know yourself according to yourself. You have to know yourself according to, the, to Jesus, the Lamb of God. <clears throat> Jesus is God's opinion of you. When the Father sees you, He sees you in Christ. And this is why announcements are so important. And this is why I like to decree them over people who are paralyzed. In the biggest points of pain, your sins have been forgiven you. They look at you like, where'd you drop in from? It's a heavenly world set that the Messiah, Jesus, the Lamb of God, has decreed for you. And you can believe and receive of the goodness of God. Are you all enjoying the word today? Hallelujah. You know, it says in the Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. Have this in your mindset. He brings you to the table. You don't have to qualify to be there. You've been pre-approved. You don't have to be good enough. You just sit, and you feed on the finished work of Jesus. Do I love to take communion? Often, daily, with my staff, with my wife. I do it in the most paralyzed points of life in relationship. Let's take communion. Let's agree on that. Let's agree that Jesus has our solution. And what happens is you find healing, like when you're not looking for it. You know, I had like frozen shoulders and stress and just the ministry and all the chaos and all the finance, all the staff, all everything. And I had such burdens. And I, I went to chiropractors, you know, and spent like a lot of money. Went to doctors, spent a lot of money. But then I found out how to be loved and live in the realm of no condemnation. That Jesus is my righteousness. You know what? I was suddenly healed and I didn't even, wasn't even looking for it. When we are established in what, in what God says we need, we're positioned to gain what we want. Let me show you one more thought. Okay, this thought is just a Keith, a Keith Hershey thought, okay? I got four minutes and 15 seconds. You want to hear something? Okay. You don't have to swallow this. It's just from my heart to your heart. About what to do in the midst of pain. In the midst of paralyzed times. In the midst of challenges. Go with me in your Bible real quick to Romans chapter 8. Verse 10. Look at this verse. 
Now, this is just Keith Hershey, but it ties in what we're talking about, okay? It says, and if Christ is in you, how many believe that's good news? Is Christ in you good news? If Christ is in you, the body or your body is dead because of sin. How many believe that's bad news? Doesn't make sense, does it? If Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Do you know you're a spirit? You have a soul. You live in a body, right? Your spirit is what's righteous with God. That's the new creation. Christ in you, in your spirit. But Christ can be in you, in your body, still has the effects in the influence of Adam's sin, not your sin. Don't go on a sin hunt. If Christ be in you, your body is still under the death uh, regime because of Adam's sin. You know, Paul said it this way, that your outward man is perishing. What a bummer. How many have noticed that? How many have looked in the mirror and said, oh, Lord Jesus, help us. Glory. Your body is perishing, but, it goes on to say, thank God the verse goes on, but the inward man, your spirit man, your spirit woman, is renewed day by day. Why? Because you're the righteousness of God in Christ. The Spirit dwells you. So if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit. Now in the King James Version, most versions they have a capital S as though it's the Holy Spirit. But I want you to think, you know, when the, the Bible was written, it wasn't case sensitive. Translators put capital letters in where they wanted them. I want you to think about this just for my thought as a lower S. If Christ be in you, your body is still under the influence of Adam's sin. But your spirit, small s, your spirit is life because of what? Righteousness. See, I believe when you believe that your sins have been forgiven you, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ on your best day and on your worst day, That it's true for you based on Jesus, it's not true for you based on you. Your spirit is life because of righteousness. The gift of righteousness brings life to your spirit. And then what's the next verse? The verse you know by heart. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give your life Give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells within you. We use this all the time for, for, for healing and things. But here's, what I, here's the point I like to make. The spirit is life to you through the revelation of righteousness. That's why I like to pray in tongues. I'm not ashamed to pray in tongues. <laughs> in my car, in my office. Because sometimes life is so paralyzed, I don't know what to do. Life can be so difficult and so painful all over the place where I'm working. I don't know what to do. But my spirit is life because of righteousness. Simply because I believe the words of Jesus, your sins be forgiven you. <laughs> 
God wants to give you what you need. So he can grant you what you want. The gift of righteousness is a daily, have it a reality. Have your mind renewed to it at all times. Even when you're disappointed with your flesh. Know yourself according to the spirit. And you can change your flesh actions. You really can. The things that let you down.